Hi guys, and welcome to Love Dress Within podcast, where we empower, equip, and reaffirm women's and men's identity of this generation and the ones to come. My name is Lucia Bracco, and I am your host. Have you ever felt like you're just following the crowd? Like you're doing what the world tells you to do and still feel unfulfilled? Hashtag being there, done that. That's what we will be discussing today. What the world says versus what the word says. And I could not think of someone more equipped to talk about this topic than Pastor Ali Munsey. Call her pastor because she's technically, yeah, officially my pastor, pastor of City Church. Yes, you probably have heard a lot of pastor in this sentence, but I'm so excited to have her. Welcome, Pastor Ali Munsey. How are you? Hi, Lucy. Thank you for having me. I'm so good. I'm so ready to chat about all things girls, guys, identity, whatever you want to talk on. <laughs> Just excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me into your space. Yes, um, it's such an honor to have you. Pastor Ali, you are known from your family and friends as a compassionate woman, an advocate of human trafficking, an influential leader and my favorite, a wonder woman who champions and celebrates other women to be for each other and not against. But before we go any further in the conversation, you gotta share with us your most awkward, funny moment of the year. <laughs> go. <laughs> go, awkward, funny moment of the year. I have so many awkward moments, I'm like full of them. Um, I'm trying to think of one from this year. I've been like stuck at my house. And so, um, oh, you put me on the spot. Um, there's definitely some with filming. Uh, we, oh, okay. Uh, when we started the, the transferring our services from live to online um, during the pandemic, like the height of it was like right around revival, like one of the last two revival nights. And I remember like they mic'd me up to do the intro and say, you know, say hello to everyone. So I did like the, hey everyone, welcome to the revival night. You know, we're live online. And then they said cut. And I thought my mic was off, but apparently it was still on. And then I saw like kind of a playback and I had this like giant like magenta shirt on. And I just looked at my friend, Nicole, that was standing next to me. I was like, I look giant. I look like a big purple, like monster on here. And it's literally, I was still talking while my mic was on, but I don't think it was like on me. So all you could do is like hear my voice while you're seeing them like set up for the other shot. They're like, cut audio, cut audio. So probably one of the most awkward moments for me this year was just um, learning all the fun things about live, not live, like recording, Zoom calls, you know, just is your camera on, your mic on? Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's one to remember. And there's a lot of things that had happened uh, <laughs> in the past in the uh, auditorium as well. But thank you for sharing that, Elle. I'll put it on the list of five top most awkward moments. <laughs> yes. Um, Pastor Ali, you are the pioneer of this movement called City Chicks, a gathering made by women for women that started as a weekly devotional and then became what it is now. In a culture where comparison and competition predominates, how do we encourage 
and empower other women to be for each other and not against. How can we do this globally? Well, that's a great, it's a loaded question. It's very, very great. And good question to ask, I think, especially in this time. Um, you hear a lot of, you know, like women empowerment, but you know, if you can be honest, and if I could be honest, if we could all be honest, you know, female relationships in general are just hard. And really, you know, for, for me, because um, I believe, you know, reading the word of God illuminates truth. And I was studying out Genesis, Genesis chapter three, and really this is kind of where I'll just kind of get into kind of where it started and how, how we can take this movement and spread it out globally and locally with each other. Um, but in Genesis chapter three, when the serpent, you know, obviously the big, you know, lured and tempted the woman to eat the apple Eve, and then her husband, you know, ate of it, um, and they hid from God. Um, you know, one of the consequences from that action, God said that I will increase your childbearing pains. Thank you, Eve. So like, I think everybody in heaven is going to be like, when they see Eve. Um, then it, then it says that you will desire for your husband and he will rule over you. And then to Adam, he said, you'll work the ground toil from your brow, you know, all the days of your life. So what women have to understand the curse of the garden is, is the, that, the, that pining for affirmation from a man. So really a husband is symbolizing like a man's love. So why do women compete with each other? It's really comes down to the affirmation approval of men. So it's um, kind of, you know, like if there's two girls that like a guy, you know, like they, you know, mad at each other and like tear each other down. Why do we tear down women we don't even know? Because the thought of somebody else getting attention from another man even if you don't know that man, it's just embedded in the curse of the garden. And for men, it's working the ground all the days of their life. So they get their affirmation from power, money, status. You know, men are driven by success and um, being seen and respected for what they have. And, and really, that's just the curse. But when you know Jesus, that changes all of it. So I believe that when you know Jesus, and you have a, re a revelation of who he is and what he's called you to be, I can celebrate you, Lucy, because your lane is different than mine. So celebrating you and championing you and cheering you on doesn't make me lose. And I don't know what it is with women and withholding, but it's like, I'm gonna withhold praise, I'm gonna withhold nice things, you know, I'm gonna tear her down because somehow if she's not winning, we're winning. And the curse of the garden tells you that you have to be against each other in order to succeed, in order to have that love, in order to have that career. And, and same thing with men, like if they don't get their affirmation identity from God, from Jesus, then they will tend to look for every value outside of that in their work and their status and what they do. So, um, you know, I really believe that to spread it globally, you have to personally accept and have this revelation of who you are you know, as a daughter in Christ, and that Jesus puts specific gifts inside of you that are completely unique to you. No one else can take it from you. No one else can compete for it because God designed those gifts just for you. So the quicker that we get on board with the fact that God has something individually for us, like personally, 
um, the quicker we can empower and champion other women. And really that's, you know, uh, what City Chicks is, is being a generation of women known for each other, not against each other. And really that change happens one person at a time. So we spread it globally by becoming that person, you know, in the private conversations, you know, publicly liking, affirming our friends, you know, just taking it in every sphere of your life from your family to your workplace, to your friendships. And, and really that's how you perpetuate change is it's gotta be an internal revelation and then it's an outward flow and then it like spirals onto other women. And really that's how you spread it. So it's like grassroots, you know, revelation. I love it. That was a loaded answer. Such a wisdom, uh, words of wisdom uh, right there. A couple of words took, stood out for me. Uh, you know, you break that curse of the guardian by acknowledging Jesus and knowing that he's the one who can break the curse. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, you do, um, you start spreading uh, the love uh, and uh, the championing other women globally by accepting and owning your identity, becoming that person. I absolutely love that answer. Uh, and you know, Pastor Ali, something that I've learned and uh, passed along is that when you don't know who you are, you become whatever the world echoes about you. And on the same note, I've learned from you uh, that identity is received and not achieved. And uh, this was one of many pivotal truths that you shared with us as City Chicks uh, earlier this year. But how does that work? You know, why do you think as women we lean toward the thoughts that our identity is found in our friends or our gifts? Yeah. I I think uh, it's just a human need, you know, the need for love, the need for um, community, the need for friendship. You know, we all desire it. So to say that that would be completely eliminated, even knowing your identity, you know, I just think the fact that we're human and, um, you know, we desire to have something authentic and real. And it's not bad, like we need that, um, but it cannot be the single thing that holds us together. And uh, the identity, the how you receive it is, um, you know, the revelation of that you were enough um, before you acted, walked in your gifts, your talents, before you became good at a sport, before you, you know, met that person, got in that front group, you were enough. And it's the lie and it's really what perpetuated the curse of the garden because when the, the serpent came to Adam and Eve, he says, if if you take of this fruit, then you will be more like God. So the question was, who told them that they were not like God? So they were born, they were made in the image of God. So they were already like God. So the lie was that they had to do and become more to become more like God. And that's the lie we believe, that in order for us to have an identity, we have to do more to become more. But really, you have to be before you can do. Because if you get caught up and wrapped up in the doing and just the gift, what happens is the seasons of life changes. And so if that job goes away, if that relationship goes away, people go, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing because my identity was anchored in that gift. My, my identity was anchored in that relationship. And now I don't know who I am. Where you see Jesus, you know, acted and moved in seasons. So there was 18 years where we didn't even hear from Jesus. 
you know, from the time he was 12 to the time he was 30, he was learning. He was um, at the rabbi's feet. We didn't hear anything about what he was doing. Basically that he was learning a trade, his father's trade, most likely a carpenter, you know, um, learning practical things. And I think so many of us get impatient. Like we have a, a promise, we have a call, we have a, you know, a, a dream and we think it should happen tomorrow. But what we have to realize is that there is a time and a season for everything. And just because it's not happening now doesn't mean it's not ever happening. And just because you were in a season doing something for a while and it changes doesn't mean you're going to, you know, you've lost it forever. Um, I know women who, you know, led careers and then had a child and then go, I don't know who I am anymore. I guess, you know, I'm not a career woman. I guess I'm just this. But you have to understand that there are seasons. So there might be a season where you pull back to raise that baby. It might be a season you pull back to do something, but that doesn't mean it's gone forever. It just means it's a different season. So I think your identity is in who you are in Christ and that it is received that you cannot do more to become more in Jesus's eyes. You already are enough. So just that's baseline. So I'm enough if I'm singing, I'm enough if I'm not. I'm enough if I'm doing a podcast, I'm enough if I'm not. Now, there's seasons where it's like, you need to run, run, run hard in those seasons. There's like gonna be other seasons where you just can't do everything you want to do and that's okay. Know that things come back around. So what God has for you is only for you. Amen. Practicing patience, I think that's one big thing in all of us. And uh, remembering that nothing you do will change who you are, will add or subtract from you, from who God made you. And uh, yeah, that where you have to receive just then as I receive your identity, God. I love it. Um, my favorite verse, uh, and I think I mentioned this in one episode, um, First Peter 2.9, it talks about identity that says we're royal priesthood, a holy nation, a God special possession. And what I like to do uh, is specifically, I call them the I am statements. It's that I am a special possession. I am a holy nation. I am. So anytime that I get that, it's like, oh, yes, just let's remember that. Um, but love it. I saw a post the other day about um, uh, in social media from Lisa Vivier, and uh, she says something among the lines, it is time to lean into growth. And, you know, we're talking about social media. We live in a world where social media's opinions dominates over individual individuals excuse me how do we get into the healthy mindset uh or truth that others don't get to define what god has already called in each one of us <clears throat> yeah social media is just one of those like amazing things amazing vehicles to be able to get messages out connect with people but yet at the end of the day, it's, it's can be very damaging. And um, I think a lot of times what's hard about social media is not the seen, but the unseen. So it's the, the likes that you see other people get on their posts from friends that you know. Um, I think I read a statement, it's like, how are you able to see everything I do? And, <laughs> or how are you ever, or how are you able to know everything I do, um, yet acknowledge what I do? So it's just kind of like people 
kind of have this withholding thing. And I really think that's what people, what makes social media so hard is they're able to, you're able to give a snapshot of what it, whatever you want people to perceive, you know, so then people, what's the common statement, they compare their behind the scenes to everyone's highlight reel. So you come up feeling short. Um, but then, so there's one dynamic of feeling like not good enough, like people are doing more, but then there's the like relational dynamic, which I think is, can be more damaging if, if you're not anchored in truth. And if you don't have a firm understanding of who you are in Christ and looking at who's around you, you know, um, the withholding, the, not just because you want a heart or a like, but knowing that you have friends that like like privately support you but publicly ignore you i think is very um it's it's very damaging and i think that's where the internal struggle with social media comes from of um I, you know just that questioning because before when we didn't have social media you know your friends were your friends you weren't really seeing what other people were doing. And you know, if you are sent, telling secrets, it's no one's hearing it or seeing it, but now you're just seeing everything. Um, and I think that's where it's important to look around you, you know, and go, who am I leaning on? You know, uh, I say quality over quantity. Um, if you're just surrounding yourself because with people, just because you like feeling apart or you want to, be perceived as being popular, having a lot of friends. I think that's where you gotta go internally and go, who's actually supporting me? Who can I lean on? And if I don't have a lot of that or I can't identify that, that's where the growth starts, where you just look inside of you and go, you know, outside of God and my family, you know, who are the closest women to me? And what are the things they're saying over my life? Are they affirming what God says? Because I think when you have that, like if you have people that are like, I'll cut somebody for you, <laughs> you know, and you know that you got like some back pocket friends, like we'll stab somebody hypothetically, or I'll pray for you, or I'll cover you, or they'll laugh with you. It's fine. You know, on the other social media stuff, but where I, where I think younger women too, is when they think people are their friends and they get online and then they see they're not invited somewhere or they see something somebody else is doing or they feel like not supported, not acknowledged publicly, hidden, like, like a hidden embarrassment. Or like even with guys, they're dating somebody, you know, and it's like they're hanging out in private is fine, but then it's like there's no posts, there's no pictures, there's no acknowledgement. And it's like, I don't know, maybe he's just, you know, he's just trying to keep it on the down low. I was like, no, he's shady and you need to get rid of him because he's probably got three other girls that he's DMing and texting. So I think that looking internally before you look externally is very important. And I know that might've been an, a, a packed answer, but I think there's oh, awesome. so many layers to social media. I don't think it's, hey, oh, like find your identity and then you're going to be okay with social media I just think it's too it's twofold on the like yeah I agree with you you have to be rooted in who you are and I think definitely being careful who you follow uh who you feed him from as well and being clearing who's your friend and who's just an insta friend 
just for the likes and comments. And um, that will definitely help you to identify quality over quantity for sure. Uh, Pastor Ali, you're killing it. I was like, we're killing it, not you're killing it. Uh, we are <laughs> we're entering the last round of questions of this amazing interview. Are you ready? I'm going to hit you with my best shot <laughs> for the last three. <laughs> okay. I promise I'll be nice. I'm always nice. Um, identity comes by genuinely loving you and embracing the whole package. What are your final thoughts on this matter? Oh, final thoughts on embracing you. <laughs> yeah, loving uh, yourself, embracing you. I think the fastest way to embrace yourself is to stop comparing yourself to others. I think, uh, the, you know, the word of God says that it's not wise to compare yourself amongst yourself. And um, really, when you compare, you're either doing better or doing worse. So there is no, there's no benefit to comparison. Uh, again, it, it's the fact that we're all made unique and differently. And I think in a world... <laughs> where we all want to be unique and different. It's amazing how we all want to be the same or are considered to be, you know, that we need to be like this person or that person. So I think to embrace yourself, you have to first just accept the unique call and that your life and your lane is going to look completely different than other people. And I think the, the, the faster you find that lane um, or just, you know, who accept that you're not supposed to be like you, like you're not supposed to be like me, like we can be inspired by people's life and how they live it, but there's no pressure to be that person. You gotta be you and, you know, get into prayer and get into the word and, you know, recite and hold tight the word of God, speak the good things over your life. I'm an advocate for speaking the right things. Like, very important in a world that's tearing you down and telling you what to believe and telling you who you are or who you're not um, in a cancel culture and you know uh, uh, very you know just where we're at as a as a nation and as a as a as even faith followers and Christ followers I think we more than ever need to remind ourselves who we are in Christ speak things and and be committed to to not comparing but committed to finding our lane. I love that. I think it releases the pressure when you fully say, I am going to be the best version of myself and who God called me to be. Totally agree with you on that. How can we step into our full identity? Do you have maybe some practical steps for people that love, um, like me, steps following one, two, three? <laughs> guidelines it looks like you're stepping into it <laughs> I think we get paralyzed in analysis paralysis you know faith is the the doing it's you know faith is in the moving so a lot of times we want answers we want to plan we want clarity before we act but I think you know becoming who you are and and answering the call of God on your life and the practical way is actually taking practical steps. If you want to be a teacher, if you want to be, you know, an engineer, the practical steps would be enroll yourself in school in the right classes. Um, you know, I think if you're, 
if you, if you want to own a company, get a, get a mentor, get around people that own companies and, you know, uh, have conversations like do the practical steps. Um, sometimes I think we complicate our call and we, we, we make it mythical and it's so out here that we can never achieve it unless God does them and God does miracles, but he also does it in our obedience. So it's like, what can you do right now with what's in your hand? So like God will never put something in your heart without first putting something in your hand. So I think there's some practical things that whatever your gift is, like if you're a singer, Lucy, or vocal lessons, or you're, you know, you're doing the basic training stuff. Um, for you, you want to influence, you have your podcast, you're doing what you can. And I love that. And I think, you know, God, God's looking for women and men to step out and say, I'll, I'll do what I can doesn't mean that you're perfect doesn't mean that you have the you have to have the full plan I just think the fact that you are doing something you know where most people are sitting and waiting this is very important so one of the practical steps is to do you know but not like I need to be at the dream but I'm the just the practical going to school or the practical classes or whatever, dance classes, music classes, just things you need to take to, um, to get your skill. Like while you're waiting for your dream, work on your skill. Um, so I think that's a, one of the practical ways you can step into something. Um, where you, while you were talking, I couldn't stop but think what Pastor Ken said earlier uh, about physical limitations. And sometimes I think us, and I include myself because Sometimes that I can do that because I don't have this, or I'm, I mean, I'm not uh, qualified or equipped enough. When actually in the spirit, like God already deposited up that desire, and He already called you. So uh, I, I just thought of that. I was like, oh yeah, like stop limiting yourself and just do and act. And God honors diligence and obedience, and He, um, He can use you if you're frozen. Like you have to yeah. move the car. You have to just oh, yeah. you know, start the car and keep it going and he will direct you wherever he has you. I think so. a lot of people think that other people, you know, like are holding them back. Like if it wasn't for the job, the money, the, the parent, the relationship, the ex-boyfriend, mm -hmm. friend, that I would be here. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think we ourselves ultimately put the most limits on ourselves and hold our own self back because of our talk. And then when we get afraid, we talk ourselves out of things by saying it's someone else's fault. And I think that, you know, the quicker that we can take responsibility that at the end of your life, you know, the Lord, you're going to stand before God and he's not going to say, you know, what did you do with your friend's life? Or how did you, you know, run with your friend in that lane? Or how did you do catching up to that person you were, He's going to say, what did you do with your life? Enter in thou good and faithful, faithful servant. So I think the, the longevity for your race is most important. It's not about how fast you get somewhere. It's the journey. It's the journey. You, you don't arrive until you get to heaven. So you're learning as long as you're living. You know, you're never arriving to a place where you got it all figured out. And I think people need to get rid of that, that idea that somehow I'm supposed to have it figured out. Somehow I'm supposed to be here by now. Somehow I'm missing. You're not, you're on the journey, you're on the way, but you have to continue to be obedient and move your feet 
You got to move forward. Don't stay in a fence. Don't stay in the state. You, you know, you got to do what you have to do to move forward. And I think the enemy would love for a bunch of paralyzed Christians to stay stuck and not do anything. Yeah. Um, so yeah, run your race. Run your race, be unoffendable, and keep yourself teachable. I think those are really good words over there. Pastor Ali, if people were to connect with you, where can they find you? Um, they can, well, you, Lucy. <laughs> you can find me on, uh, see, on Facebook, um, just Ali Muncie. I don't have Messenger downloaded, so I know some people have sent me messages. I think it's like a separate app or something. So I go on there just to kind of like, Every once in a while. I'm on Instagram. I'm Allie Muncie, at Allie Muncie, A-L-L-I-M-U-N-S-E-Y. Um, and let's see, where else am I at? I'm kind of on Twitter. I'm on Twitter, but I'm not like on Twitter a lot. Not on TikTok, um, not on Snapchat. Uh, I think I've used it for the filter. And let's see, email, Hallie at citychurchchicago.com. So Instagram, awesome. email, pretty much. <laughs> Instagram. I love it. And Twitter. Um, thank you so much, Pastor Ali, honestly, for sharing your wisdom uh, and truth uh, in this episode of Love Grows Within. It, it's been such a pleasure and a rich conversation uh, that I had. Thank you. Um, yay. So, uh, guys, if you're loving this conversation, uh, let us know by leaving your review or comments, and uh, let us know how you are spreading the love growing within you. Thank you again, Pastor Ali. Uh, I'll see you soon. I hope to see you soon. I will see you soon. Uh, <laughs> and uh, that's it for the next <laughs> Exactly. Uh, thank you. Um, thank you, guys. Uh, that's it for today. See you next time.